I'm going to tell you everything you need to know about the American press. I'm going to tell you every single thing that you need to know about the establishment media in two headlines. Both from the New York Times, this one, October 10th, 2022. Biden, storyteller in chief, spins yarns that often unravel. President Biden has been unable to break himself of the habit of embellishing narratives to weave a political identity. Oh, shucks. This other headline, November 1st, 2020, also the New York Times. Dishonesty has defined the Trump presidency. The consequences could be lasting. Whether President Trump wins or loses on November 3rd, the very concept of public trust in an established set of facts necessary for the operation of a democratic society has been eroded. Those headlines are talking about the exact same thing. Not just similar things, not just things that kind of resemble each other a little bit. Exactly the same thing. Both stories are about the president saying things that are not true. In the case of Biden, it's kind of cute, you know? It's, it's folksiness veering into folklore, as the alternate online headline of this article put it. In the case of Trump, it's an existential threat to the nation. It's the erosion of our democratic society. This is not an isolated case. This is not an exceptional example. This is how the entire establishment media work all the time. It's not just that they get stories wrong, often intentionally. It's that the entire framing of every story is designed to help the libs and hurt conservatives. They like Biden, aren't folksy, yarn-spinning storytellers. They are paid and powerful liars and propagandists, and they've done infinitely more to erode the operation of our democratic society than have Donald Trump and all the other conservative voices put together. I'm Michael Knowles, and this is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday is from Autopump, who says, I appreciate Tulsi Gabbard choosing to leave the Democrat Party, but a little bit of me wonders what took so long. It was pretty clear all the way back in the ancient history of 2020 when she was running for president as a Democrat that the party was going down this path. Yeah, that's true. Obviously, we, we all know that, or at least the majority of listeners to this podcast who are probably not ardent partisan Democrats. Uh, yes, we've all known that for a long time, but I'm not going to knock Tulsi. Yeah, she should have known it in 2020. She should have known it in 2016. She, okay, fine. She knows it now. That's good enough for me. I'm glad that she is seeing the light a lot. Other people are seeing the light. That's a wonderful thing. She's thinking for herself and we need to think for ourselves, do for ourselves. When you want to fix your car for yourself, you got to check out Rock Auto. Right now, go to rockauto.com, enter Knowles in their How Did You Hear About Us box. I absolutely adore Rock Auto. I adore them because they've been with this show basically since day one for years and years and years now. Two, I love Rock Auto because they don't make me feel like a big dummy when I need auto parts, okay? I, listen, I'm not exactly the handiest guy in the world, okay? I don't know everything about every type of make and model of car. Rock Auto makes it so, so easy, and they always give you reliably the lowest prices. 
Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody. No gimmicks, no login on Tuesday and you get this price, none of that stuff. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You go to RockAuto.com, shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, you can get everything that you need with just a few easy clicks delivered right to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now. Enter Knowles in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you. That is rockauto.com. Alex Jones has just been ordered to pay a lot of money to the parents of victims of the Sandy Hook shooting uh, because he went on the air and said that the Sandy Hook shooting wasn't real, that it was a false flag, it, it didn't really happen, and he, he spun a yarn, you might say, about what, what that shooting really was. Alex Jones, because he got that story wrong on the air, uh, now has to pay, according to a court in Connecticut, more than $950 million to the families of eight victims of the Sandy Hook shooting. That is in addition to a ruling from a separate jury in Texas ordering Jones to pay $4.1 million in compensatory damages and $45.2 million in punitive damages. So we are now talking about roughly $1 billion that Alex Jones, a radio host known for his hyperbole and kind of eccentric, bizarre, really out there, kind of implausible takes sometimes, a man who rips off his shirt screaming about the frickin' frogs going gay, that guy, because he got a story wrong on the air, has to pay a billion dollars. That's a lot of money for getting something wrong on the radio, don't you think? But Michael, he got it really wrong. Yeah, okay. But Michael, it was awful what he said. Sure. Michael, it was really, really awful. Yeah, okay, fine. I'm not, I'm not arguing. I'm not, I'm not disputing that. Billion dollars for getting something wrong on the radio? Has, has there ever been a radio host ever who has not gotten something wrong on the radio? Even I, well, probably me. I'm not sure that I've ever gotten a single thing. No, maybe, maybe even I have gotten some things wrong. But Michael, it wasn't, the, okay, yeah, let's say that Alex Jones said the, he got it as wrong, as terrible. It was the worst reporting of any story ever in the whole history of the world. Billion dollars for getting that wrong? As far as I know, Alex Jones hasn't killed anybody. His storytelling on the radio didn't get anybody killed either. What kind of damages are are we going to see paid out by the people who, who lied about the COVID vaccines and who got the COVID vaccines wrong and who said that not only would they protect you from getting the virus and, and transmitting the virus, but uh, that they would actually, they were totally safe, totally effective. And now a bunch of kids are dead because of heart problems that even the CDC now admits the, the vaccines cause very serious heart problems. And the ones that don't cause, cause heart problems cause blood clots. Are the, do those people have to pay any damages? Because that wasn't just some Texas radio host who got that story wrong. That was the entire establishment media and all of our elected officials, certainly on the Democrat side. And the president of the United States said, these are totally fine. These are totally safe. I'm actually going to mandate that you get these, get these shots, even though kids are at very, very low risk from the virus. And oh yeah, okay, if you get heart problems and you die, oopsie daisy. I'm going to deny that at first, and then I'm going to admit that that happened, but say it's not a big deal. Are they going to have, what, what are they going to pay? I don't think they're going to pay a billion dollars 
or a million dollars or one dollar. I don't think they're going to pay jack diddly squat. And so I don't call, call me callous, but I just, I just think that paying a billion dollars out for getting something wrong on the radio when you're a right winger, even an eccentric right winger, seems a little bit crazy when the left that lies about everything, that lies in a much more persuasive and serious way about much more urgent matters for the vast majority of people, they don't ever pay a price at all. See, that seems wrong to me. That seems kind of backwards to me. I think they ought to pay. I think the billion dollars that Alex Jones is supposed to pay, I think we need at least a 100, a 1,000, a 100,000 times that payout from the libs who lie constantly in much more consequential lies. On that vaccine point, by the way, Dr. Paul Offit is a voting member of the FDA panel that approves the vaccines. He's just blowing the whistle now on the oversight or lack thereof for the vaccine approval process. Do the benefits of this vaccine outweigh the risks? I didn't see the benefits. We really need much better data, I think, before we move forward on this. And I can only hope that it's coming because I feel very strongly about my no vote there. In fact, the only reason I voted no was because hell no was not a choice. And and it just um, surprised me that we were willing to go forward with this with such scant evidence of benefit. I think that the phrase that I used was uncomfortably scant. So you, you just sort of felt like the fix was in a little bit here. Maybe that's not the right phrase, but it was something that, that they wanted. And I felt like we were being led here and with, that, with, with a, a critical lack of information. Right now, they're saying that we should trust mouse data. And I don't think that should ever be true. I, I don't think you should ever ask tens of millions of people to get a vaccine based on mouse data. And there's no public data on that yet. What's more, for these fall booster shots, the FDA is not consulting with Dr. Offit and the rest of the Independent Vaccine Advisory Committee. And there you have it. There you have it. We, we've known this from the very beginning. And actually, the people who were talking about this at the very beginning of the COVID vaccines, we were all called conspiracy theorists and kooks and anti-science. Turns out we were completely right. We were completely right. And so you, you talk about even someone like Alex Jones, who is an entertainer on the radio. And sure, he's gotten something super duper wrong. Sure. Yeah, of course. His record overall on, all, on every story he's ever talked about, including the gay frogs, by the way, which he was completely right about. He was actually modest about because the water in the, in the water in Connecticut, I'm sorry, the chemicals in the water in, the, in Connecticut were turning the frogs hermaphroditic, not gay. They were transing them, not, not turning them gay. Alex Jones's overall record is de- definitely better than CNN's record. Definitely better than the Washington Post's record. Definitely better than New York Times's record. No quest- There's no question about that. I don't see any of them paying out a billion dollars. And, and very, you might say, well, their lies are not as hurtful as Alex Jones's. I don't know. To, to measure hurtfulness for me, please. I can tell you their lies are much more consequential. Kids are dead because of their lies. Kids are dead of myocarditis because of their lies. Okay? And a lot, and a lot of other problems too. So I just, I just don't buy that stuff. And when they're not, when they're not uh, putting the fix in, as Dr. Offit is saying, when they are not sacrificing safety and caution and prudence and self-government for yeah, a little extra profit and a little more political control, what are they doing? When they're, when they're not jabbing the kids full of shots that in most cases they really, there's no argument that they need them at all. 
uh, they are transing the kids. And, and we've been blowing the whistle on this for a long time. And uh, now we've got some data here that actually show the consequences of a years-long campaign to trans the kids. You've got a 582% increase in, quote, gender nonconforming kids in one of the largest counties in one of the most important states in the country. Montgomery County Schools. This is the largest county in Maryland. Maryland uh, is obviously right there by the beltway, you know, right there at the very heart of our nation's capital. Montgomery County Schools are reporting a 582% increase in gender nonconforming students in two years. Pretty wild. You can see this report here from the Daily Caller. Uh, They've gathered this data. This is a near seven-fold increase from 2019 to 2022. What are the odds? What are the odds? How do you explain that? Well, could be. It could be that there's something in the water, I guess. Could be. It could be that this is a social contagion that is spreading, which is obviously what it is. Either way, though, this really blows up the Democrats' narrative because the, the Democrats on the, uh, and the libs broadly on the sexual revolution have for years said, look, people are born this way. Sexual orientation is immutable. It's from birth. Who would choose this? You can't have any conversion therapy. Social forces have no effect on your sexual orientation. Well, if that's the case, then how is this increasing so much? If you're just, then it has to be biological. There's got to be some kind of chromosomal issue, right? There's got to be something in the womb, except that babies aren't babies in the womb. So that kind of, that kind of messes up their narrative there as well. So it messes up their abortion narrative. It messes up their gay rights narrative. Now it's messing up the transgender narrative, 582% increase. Why is that? Do you think it might have something to do with the fact that educators are teaching little kids all the way down to kindergarten, that boys can be girls and girls can be boys? No, that's crazy. That's a crazy conspiracy theory. That's not happening. And it is happening and it's good, by the way. And, but it's not transing the kids. It's not causing anyone to question their sex or gender or change it, except it is. It's a 582% increase, except that's a crazy conspiracy theory, except it's happening and it's true. Are you dizzy yet? I, I can't. It's very hard to track any of that. Democrats' success in transing the kids, Democrats' success in their political agenda has undermined a lot of their narratives. Their narratives on born this way, their <laughs> narratives on uh, sex and gender are totally different. Sex and gender are the same. Homosexual rights is that they're boys and they're girls and some boys like boys and some girls like girls. But then their narrative on transgenderism is that actually there's no such thing as girls and boys and boys can be girls and girls can be boys. None of the narratives make sense, okay? It's just power. And and I guess this this takes me back to Alex Jones. It takes me back to the, the New York Times, right? Joe Biden lies. That's so cute and great and wonderful. Donald Trump lies. It's going to completely destroy the republic. The, the arguments don't matter. The narratives don't matter. The, the, the arguments don't matter. The facts really don't matter to them. It's all framing. It's all narrative. And it's why I, I can't you know, stand up on the rooftops and condemn Alex Jones or any of the other uh, celebrities that the left turns on because they in any way question, question the right-wing narrative. I haven't, I haven't talked about Kanye's tweet. You know, Kanye sends some fairly eccentric tweets every now and again. And I, I haven't made a big deal about it, even though the left is insisting, you have to disavow Kanye. You always have to disavow Kanye. What, what Kanye said 
And, and what Kanye is being accused of is absolutely nothing compared to the things that Ilhan Omar has said, that Louis Farrakhan has said, that Barack Obama's former pastor said, and Barack Obama's former pastor with connections to all that, that same kind of movement and connections to Farrakhan and all the rest of it. And that all gets completely written off. Obama actually smiles next to Louis Farrakhan. And, and celebrities from Hollywood take pictures next to Louis Farrakhan. And Al Sharpton, and that's all completely fine. Then Kanye West says something that is one one thousandth as harsh and severe and bigoted as any of those people. And we're told we have to disavow this guy. Why? It has absolutely nothing to do with Kanye West's comments. It has everything to do with the fact that Kanye West now is more right-wing in many of his views. He's pro-life. He's pro-family. He's pro-public Christianity. And so that's why they go after him. It has nothing to do with the, the facts that they're pretending to go after him for. They're going after Alex Jones, not because he got the Sandy Hook story wrong. That has nothing to do with it. They're going after Alex Jones because they hate Alex Jones, <laughs> because Alex Jones is right-wing and he, he's popular. And so they've been deplatforming that guy, censoring that guy for years, and they found this one issue, which is a really good issue to go after him for, and they're making him pay a billion dollars for getting a story wrong on the air. That's what it's about. And that's why I can't, it's not, <laughs> I have no desire to defend any of these comments or any of these reports or stories or anything in the abstract. It's just that the game is so obviously rigged. Read the New York Times headlines. It's so disingenuous. It's in such bad faith that I see absolutely no obligation to entertain it. And actually, I think it's probably wrong to entertain their game and play their game because it further ensconces them in power and it's not in any way in good faith. And because they're transing the kids, and that's bad. It's really weird and bad to trans the kids. Speaking of Democrats' weird obsession with our children, Kamala Harris is claiming your children. Hide your kids, hide your wife, but especially hide your kids from Kamala Harris. She's claiming them as her own. I mean, truly, when you, you know, when you see our kids, and I truly believe that they are our children, they are the children of our country, of our communities, I, I mean, our future is really bright if we, if we prioritize them and therefore prioritize the climate crisis and the need to address it. Our children, our kids, and they are our kids, and they're our kids, and they're my kids, and they're mine. <laughs> and so what Kamala Harris is insinuating here very heavily is that she has a right to dictate how your kids are raised. And it's the same thing that Hillary Clinton's been saying for a long time when she uses the phrase, it takes a village. What she's really saying is, I have the right to raise your kids. It's the same thing when the, Obama, when the Biden, rather, well, that was a Freudian slip, when the Biden administration says that parents who are questioning uh, the kind of nonsense their kids are being taught in schools, that they're akin to domestic terrorists. That's what they're saying. They're saying, we have a right to raise your kids. When, when you have uh, left-wing activists saying, we're going to go in and take queer children, whatever that means, out of their families and away from their homes and put them into queer homes. You remember that story from a couple of weeks ago? All this kinds of stuff. When the, when the school guidance counselors are hiding the fact from parents that children are identifying as transgender and all the rest of it, in some cases even uh, recommending that they go on different sex-changing drugs. I mean, all, what all of this is about is parents, you have no right to raise your kids. We, have the, we, the liberal establishment, have the right to do everything. And there's three takes here. There's the lib take, which is the children are our children collectively, and we're going to do what we want to do. And, and by our, by the way, they mean the liberal oligarchy that runs the country. 
Then there's the libertarian take, which is the state has no right to raise our children. Our, my children have nothing to do with the state. My children are mine, and that's that. And then there's the conservative take, which is actually kind of a blend of the liberal take and the libertarian take. Because while the conservative take says the families have a particular claim to our own children, it also acknowledges the social realities and the political realities that the liberal take takes into account, which is that we live in a society. And actually, it really does take a village to raise a child because children are not just formed in a, some silo by their mother and their father and maybe their brother in a home, but they're, they're, they are educated. They are brought up by the whole of society, by their neighbors, by their cousins, by the environment in which they live, by the schools that they go to, by the businesses that they frequent, by good old Mr. McGillicuddy down at the butcher shop, and by the churches that they go to, and by what their society celebrates and exalts. And that's all part of it, okay? Statecraft really is soulcraft is what the conservatives understand. And so I think the conservative view is the best of all worlds because it protects the rights of parents to raise our kids. But it, it also is not completely impotent like the libertarian view. It's not just, it's not completely giving up the, the political power that sometimes the people give us, which is the essence of self-government. The, the conservative view says, yeah, we have to protect the rights of families to raise kids, and we need to protect the political environment so that these poor kids aren't preyed on and perverted all the time. We've got to kick the drag queens out of the schools, and we've got to kick these weirdos out, these guidance counselors who are trying to trans the kids, and we've got to pass laws against abortion so that we can protect other kids, and we've got to encourage uh, a society that wants to do good stuff and avoid bad stuff instead of uh, what we have today, which is the complete inversion of that, that we have a political right and obligation to create a good, flourishing society because that's what's going to raise kids because our kids actually are a collective responsibility in the sense that the kids are the future of the country and this country is mine as much as it is yours and I want to live in a good country. I don't think there's anything crazy about that. I think that's the sane, rational, conservative point of view. You know, back in June of 2020, Candace Owens took to social media to question the narrative about George Floyd. She took a barrage of insults as a result. Celebrities insulted her. GoFundMe deplatformed her. As the attacks ramped up, Daily Wire Plus gave her a platform to speak out without fear of being silenced and supported her investigation into Black Lives Matter. That organization raised $80 million through fundraising, but no one ever asked where the money went. Until right now. Candace Owens reveals the truth in her new documentary, The Greatest Lie Ever Sold, now streaming exclusively on Daily Wire Plus. Because of our members, we are able to create a thriving alternative platform and pursue the truth wherever it leads. Daily Wire Plus members defeated the vaccine mandates in the Supreme Court. Daily Wire Plus members helped us uncover the Loudoun County sexual assault cover-up. Daily Wire Plus members empowered Matt Walsh to expose, expose, expose Vanderbilt's practice of mutilating children in the name of gender-affirming care. And just over the weekend, Daily Wire Plus members caused PayPal to backtrack on its Orwellian fines for misinformation. Remember, we are speaking for you and fighting for your beliefs too. Free speech is our weapon here, and with the left's iron grip on culture in the mainstream media, someone had to step up and fill that void. So you go, you go check out that movie. It's a great movie. Now, speaking of our liberal establishment, Speaking of Kamala Harris, I think Kamala Harris is probably the strongest argument uh, for all of us to keep Joe Biden in power as long as possible. You know, we would all want to impeach Joe Biden except for Kamala. Whenever I hear Kamala speak, I say, Joe, Joe, we're pulling for you, Joe. 
Come on, stick around, please. And, and that's damning with faint praise because Joe Biden just looks so weak. He just looks like such a failure. You know, he has been claiming for months now that the United States is not in a recession. We're not headed for a recession. Now you'll notice he's starting to shift his language even ahead of the midterms. And he's saying, look, yeah, it's not, don't worry about recession. Maybe just, maybe just a little tiny recession. Should the American people prepare for a recession? No. Look, they've been saying this now how every, every six months they say this. Every six months they look down the next six months and see what's going to happen. It hadn't happened yet. It hadn't, there, there has, there is no, there's no guarantee that there are going to be, I don't think there will be a recession. If it is, it'll be a very slight recession. That is, we'll move down slightly. So just for the record, we are currently in a recession and no politically correct leftist Orwellian wordsmithing is going to change that. We are in a recession. The definition of a recession is two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. That is what the economists agree is the meaning of a recession. That's what Biden's economists said is the meaning of a recession before, for political convenience, they tried to change their opinion when we were in a recession. But that's what it is. So we are in a recession. But even Going along with Joe's lie for a second, oh, I'm sorry, just his folksy yarn-spinning story tales or whatever, uh, even going along with his lies for a second, notice the shift even in the interview. We're not headed for a recession. And, and when we are, it'll be a small recession. We're not transing the kids, and it's good that we are. <laughs> we're not, the border's not open, and it's great that we're welcoming all these people in. We're not, we're not at war with Russia, and we need to stand firm in the war with Russia. We're not in a recession, and it's just a slight recession. You know, if Joe Biden is saying that, okay, maybe now we're headed for a slight recession, we, we're headed for the Great Depression. <laughs> if you, I don't mean to laugh about it, but you're going to laugh or cry. That's what, he's, that's what he's saying. That's bad. That is really bad. If the president of the United States is admitting this before the midterm elections, you know, I hope you have a diversified portfolio. That's, what, that's all I'm saying. And I hope you're stock, stocking up on food and gas for the winter because clearly Joe Biden is trying to manage expectations here. And he at least is anticipating that things are going to get very, very bad. Speaking of our financial system, some good news coming out of South Carolina. South Carolina State Treasurer Curtis Loftus has announced that he will pull the state's remaining $200 million in, of holdings in asset management company BlackRock by the end of the year. So this has been a movement. It's been really popularized by my friend Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, but it's, it's gone around to all of these state treasurers because you've got three big asset management companies that are uh, basically controlling the marketplace, BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street. And what these companies are doing is they're using their intense trillions and trillions of dollars of leverage to force the companies under their control to start pushing wokeness. I, I first really got, wo got woke to this myself when I heard that Cracker Barrel was going to be offering a vegetarian sausage. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Not one vegetarian has ever walked into a Cracker Barrel. Not one, not once. That has never happened. So if Cracker Barrel is offering vegetarian sausage, it is not because of a demand of the customers. It is because someone is putting a gun to their head and saying, offer the vegetarian sausage. And then I looked, I said, who are the major investors in, 
in Cracker Barrel. And, I, and of course, it's these guys. It's, it's people like BlackRock and State Street and Vanguard. So I said, okay, they're pushing it. What are they pushing? They're pushing the ESG agenda, environment, environmental social governance policies, which just means push leftism in, in the companies. And then the companies wanting to keep their investors happy say, okay, fine. How are the asset managers able to do that? Where did they get their money from? Well, in many cases, they get their money from state pensions. They get their money from these huge financial institutions, including government institutions, including the states. So if you want to really strike a blow at wokeness, yeah, hold some rallies outside, that's good. Yeah, you know, have a really good political campaign, social media campaign, have it come up with a good slogan. But really what you got to do is defund the wokeness. How do you defund the wokeness? Well, you wield that political power that you get on happy occasions when you get a state treasurer in a state to pull that money out of the companies that are pushing it. And that is actually what is happening right now. You heard similar announcements from Louisiana. We need to gut these companies. A lot of politics comes down to cold, hard cash, okay? You know, Politics uh, is made up of a lot of BS. There's a lot of BS posturing and lying and sloganeering and propaganda. I mean, that's just all Biden does, right? He's just a, a sort of empty suit, empty-headed parrot of, of his party's propaganda, and he blows where the wind, wind blows. Well, BS talk, no, I'm sorry, BS walks. I got a little confused there. I had a Biden moment. BS walks and money talks. And so this is a great use of state power. Again, you, you, you know, there are three views on this. The liberal view is use the, use the political powers in any capricious, arbitrary way to push your own radical agenda. The libertarian view is that politics needs to remain totally neutral and we should never push our substantive views ever into the public. And it's all just a complete free marketplace of ideas and everything's totally neutral. And then there's the conservative view, which is no, we actually need to wield our political power to have a good country and not have a bad country. And the conservative view, I think, melds the best parts or the best observations of the liberal view and the libertarian view. Because it says, no, politics actually is substantive. It's a moral playground. You inevitably have to legislate morality. That's just what the law is. And so instead of the libs who want to advance evil and suppress good, we're going to do the opposite of that. But it also respects the views of the libertarians, which is that people have a right to a return on their investment and that markets should not be uh, just completely destroyed in order to manipulate them for political ends. And we shouldn't just completely uh, disregard our fiduciary responsibility to shareholders. And so what these state treasurers are saying, this is what Curtis Loftus, the South Carolina state treasurer, is saying, and Louisiana and other GOP treasurers around the country, they're saying, you BlackRock, you State Street, you Vanguard are, are betraying your fiduciary responsibility to your shareholders because you're not putting profits first. You're not maximizing profits to your shareholders. You are actually damaging profits to push this woke agenda. So what you're actually doing is when you force Cracker Barrel to, to have the vegetarian sausage, which again, I don't, I, I don't have a transcript of a phone call or anything where BlackRock calls up Cracker Barrel and says, push the veggie sausage. But it's hard to figure out any other reason they have the veggie sausage. What, they, what they're actually doing is damaging profits because not one person ever will order the veggie sausage at Cracker Barrel. And so the conservative view, at least right now, the conservative tactic on this is melding the kind of best versions of the liberal view and the libertarian view. And by the way, it's working. It's working to attack these soulless asset managers. I say soulless. BlackRock right now, BlackRock right now has been referring to the potential Chinese invasion of Taiwan as 
a reunification. They said BlackRock uh, has been, uh, has quote, highlighted for the past year the investment risk should China, China take steps to accelerate reunification with Taiwan. So first of all, they're referring to a military invasion as reunification. Right? They're already accepting the claim that Taiwan belongs to China, which is something that the United States has certainly not admitted. We haven't conceded that. That's not the foreign policy of the United States. We, we have accepted something called the one China policy, which is very vague, but it, it does not deny that Taiwan has its own rights as a sovereign political entity, as at least a semi-sovereign political entity. But then the other thing that BlackRock's doing here is they're just taking it as a fait accompli that, that Taiwan is going to become fully part of China. And so they're saying it's going to accelerate this trend. Why are they doing that? Because they're making a bet on China, right? They're saying China's a serious country. China's economy is going in the right direction. China's society is on a stronger track than American society is. And so these guys are taking the side of China. And I just see no reason to outsource our political power like that to BlackRock or State Street or Vanguard or anyone like that. Our elite are betraying our country. There is always going to be an elite. So while I am very sympathetic to the populists, I guess I'm on the side of the populists. I'm on the side of the people. I'd rather be governed by the first hundred people in the Boston phone book than by the faculty of Harvard College, as William F. Buckley Jr. said. While I'm, I'm strongly on the side of the people here, in the battle between liberalism and democracy, I'm on, I'm on the side of democracy. But we have to acknowledge there is an elite. And the, the problem that we're facing right now is not that there is an elite. There is always an elite. The problem that we're facing right now is that the elite is very, very bad. Our elite in this country, and there's always going to be one, our elite are supposed to put the common good of the American people before their own selfish interests. And they're not doing that. Kanye West just made a very, very good point. Not, not, not the point that, it, not the thing that everyone's talking about with Kanye, that as I said, I just see no reason really to address it because I think the whole debate has become so disingenuous and it's being pushed in very bad faith by people who have said and who have applauded statements far more egregious than what Kanye West said, but by people like Louis Farrakhan and others. But Kanye West made a different good point. Uh, this was on the Kardashians and using the Kardashians as a symbol of how the elite ought to behave. Take a listen. You know, there's some responsibilities that I still feel needs to be taken by the entire family, right, about the way we present ourselves. Everything that we do, we need to present ourselves with the highest level of nobility. When we're in a position of influence like we are, we have to say, do we want our children to do this? And not just our children, everyone's children, because we're being used as an influence to everyone's children to sell the product that gives us, that affords us the houses that we put the 800 million security guards in front of. So knowing that to whom is given much is required, much is required. I also require that. To those who are given lots and lots of things, there is much that is expected 
in terms of your responsibility to your people. This, of course, this, this was the common understanding of what an elite is until very, very recently. And the left has abandoned that. The left has to- totally denies the, the moral order and says that they're just going to push their own interests and their own selfish interests above all others. The right has kind of abandoned this too, though. The right has largely, un- until very recently, abandoned the language of the common good, of the responsibility of the elite to their common man. Uh, the, the right embraced an idea that sort of greed is good and I'm in it for me and just do whatever you want just for yourself. And, you know, if you're not in the elite, well, just, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get a job, stupid, you know. And, and yeah, of course we want people to be self-sufficient. We want them to be able to feed themselves and be strong on their own. But they're, if you are in the elite and you don't have any acknowledgement of your responsibility to the society, which has afforded you so much, then you can't have a country. <laughs> you can't have a society because it's just so preposterous to believe that you individually are 100% entirely responsible for your success in life. That is not possible. The libs want to pretend that you're 0% responsible for your success in life, which is absurd. But it's also absurd to say that you're 100% responsible for your success in life. You have been given many blessings. Your very life is a grace and a blessing, okay? And some people are born to a mother and father who love each other in marriage. That's a great privilege. Some people are born in nice neighborhoods. Some people are born with a little bit of money. Some people are born with privileges. Everybody is born with some kind of a privilege, right? And some are are given a greater abundance of privileges than others. And there's there's nothing liberal or leftist about admitting that. That's just called reality. And it's actually a deeply conservative point of view. And it's the point of view that Kanye West is expressing in in, in that interview. The idea of a pure meritocracy is not a conservative idea. That is a very liberal idea that pretends that we're all just individuals completely divorced from society. But that's not true. What we, it's again, it's, you're just seeing, it's the three points of view. There's the liberal view, the libertarian view, and the conservative view, which I think takes the best observations of the liberal view and the libertarian view here. But we do have a responsibility here. The idea of a pure meritocracy does not get rid of the elite. That's one of the biggest lies that we've been told in recent decades. Well, you know, it's very wrong and 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 uh, hierarchical and old-timey and old-fashioned to have an elite. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a pure meritocracy, and that's going to get rid of the elite. No, it's not going to get rid of the elite. It's going to re- replace the old waspy elite with a new elite. The difference is that the new elite feels absolutely no obligations to help their fellow man. They're not doing any of the philanthropic good or or a a much smaller portion than the old elite would. But we do have to have a responsibility. It it gets right back to that point on raising our children. Yeah, families have the primary responsibility and right for children. But we all have a political interest in children because it's our society. And so if our kids are all raised to be transgender Satan worshipers, who are, you know, screaming and babbling and chopping off parts of their body. We're going to live in a crappy society, and that's your problem just as much as it's my problem. <laughs> so, so we have a social and political right and responsibility to make sure the kids aren't completely screwed up by the weirdos in the schools who are doing that now. Speaking of undignified behavior and speaking of the libs desecrating things, really really disturbing video. A lib was filming herself desecrating a memorial to Ashley Babbitt. Ashley Babbitt was the right-winger who went into the Capitol on January 6th and was shot to death by a cop. 
I guess. Nobody wants it here, right? Nobody wants this shit. Ashley Babbitt. Ashley Babbitt. That's what you get. Nobody wants your birthday celebrated on the Capitol, you dumb. You think these cops want to celebrate your honor? You tried to kill them, you. You, Mickey. I would like to remind you of something that you may not have even known. I think even, certainly the libs don't know this, and even many conservatives don't know this. The only people who were killed on January 6th were Trump supporters. And, and there were some people who, you know, they had heart attacks and things like that. So I, I don't know that you really count that as part of January 6th. I mean, people have heart attacks every single day. The only people who died, period, in January 6th were Trump supporters, and the only person who was killed in political violence was a Trump supporter named Ashley Babbitt. The narrative in the media is that the Trump supporters killed and murdered police officers. That didn't happen. That was completely made up, and the New York Times even had to admit that. The narrative in the media is that the, it was the Trump supporters who were so violent, threatening everyone's lives, they almost raped and killed AOC. That's what she told us, even though AOC was in a different building. Wasn't, wasn't even in the place where the, where the Capitol riot was happening. The only person who was killed in that political violence was Ashley Babbitt. And her little memorial there, her small, modest little memorial, was just desecrated, mocked, derided, stomped, property destroyed by the libs. That is the power of this. That is the If anyone even so much as looked with a skeptical glance at one of the many murals of George Floyd that was constructed, that were constructed after the, the BLM summer of love that killed dozens of people and burned half the country down. That person would be canceled, would be ostracized, would be called the worst person in the world. This, this lady is applauded. Yeah, that shows you, Ashley Babbitt. It's just so, so disingenuous. And it's why, it's why I can't, it's why I can never get into the Trump criticism. It's why I can never get into, oh, Trump, he's really bad. You know, you got to hand it to the left. They're right. I mean, Trump, he's just so, they're not, the left doesn't go after Trump because he said Mika Brzezinski's ugly or whatever he tweeted. The left doesn't go after Trump because he had a phone, some one of his guys had a phone call with some guy from Russia, or I don't even remember what the story was, or he, he Trump called Ukraine, and it, it has it's nothing. They find excuses to destroy people who question their agenda and who threaten their power. That's what the libs do. And so it's why I can't, I can't get so riled up even let's say Donald Trump says something terrible. Let's say Kanye West says something terrible. Let's say Alex Jones says something terrible. Yeah, they've all said terrible things. Sure. Oh, sure. Okay. The left has said many worse things. The left has done many worse things without any consequences whatsoever. And furthermore, 
the libs are not going after these guys because they said those things. The left is already going after those guys, and they use any excuse they can to destroy them. And then the the retaliation for for whatever they do is so is so disproportionate. You could say Ashley Babbitt should not have gone into the Capitol on January sixth. Sure, we, a lot, I think a lot of people would agree with that. Okay. Did she deserve to be shot and killed and then have her memorials desecrated and called all those terrible things? Do you really think? Alex Jones shouldn't have said what he said. Yeah, uh, sure, of course. It was wrong. It was terrible. It was awful. It's immoral. He should go to confession. He should, he should apologize. He should, okay, sure. Yeah, fine. Billion dollars? Donald Trump shouldn't have tweeted the things he tweeted. Yeah, okay. Should he have had his, should he have been spied on by the federal government? and then had his home raided, <laughs> and then had his presidency completely under... Of course not. It's just so insane. It's so completely ridiculous and disingenuous. And I, I just think once you see it, once you see Biden lies, isn't that cute? Donald Trump lies. It's going to destroy the whole country. We have to get rid of this guy. Once you see that, at least for me, I can't unsee that. And I can't play their game. And I don't think you should either. Now, speaking of Kanye, I will be discussing Kanye on the member block with my friend Spencer Clavin. The rest of the show is continuing now. You don't want to miss it. If you're not a member, click the link in the description and join us.